Good brunch time meat suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number four one. From now on, whenever I say that, it's going to have a, some reverence to it because this has officially become much. What? <laughs> Hasn't it? Forty one. This is officially much podcast. Yeah, we okay. found our found our muchness. <laughs> There's some there there. Yeah. <laughs> We're the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. Today we are talking about Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rind. This is the final section. The quarter to end all quarters. Uh, holy crap, be happy now. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. This was like the last day of class for me. Yeah. The, the last day of high school. <laughs> yeah. Last day of prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 50 plus hours into the book and we are finally done. If you would like to torture yourself by reading, fi- listening to 50 hours of an audiobook, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. They are the sponsor for our show. If you go there, you can get a free audiobook. You do that by signing up for a trial subscription, and you get to keep the audiobook even if you cancel before your trial starts charging you. So get in there and do that now. Support us, and don't support Anne Rind by not buying her book. If you want a real recommendation, I recommend Zadie Smith's On Beauty. Yeah, that narrator's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Or get this one. It's up to you. All right, it's time. You've heard them already. It's time to introduce today's panel. We have a great one lined up for you. First of all, he is such a good inventor that he can even withstand torture better than you can. Ladies and gentlemen, who is Ezra? <laughs> no, no, you got to fix the torture machine and then keep on torturing me. <laughs> Every time they say that, I always think that it was on Jeopardy and the, que- and the answer was, this person is boring you. <laughs> <laughs> who is John Gott? <laughs> <laughs> He also joining us today, he is the leader of the nation, and he desperately needs you to take control of his country. Please, please take over his country. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. Hey, um, you gotta take over my country. You do. Um, uh, all my friends, go talk to this guy, because I don't want to. <laughs> Alright. Uh, also, we have a very special guest today. She successfully built a great railroad, slept with a steel kite tycoon, and even has one confirmed kill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Colleen, to the program. Yeah, all I'm really concerned about doing now after doing all the other shit is just sleeping with John Galt. He's the one you haven't quite conquered yet. Yeah, I'm not worried about all the other stuff yet. That's my main focus now. He's your perfect ham sandwich. Uh, and of course, you guys, I'm your host. Um, I'm never going to give up this train. I refuse to get off the train. I'm going down with my train. My name is Alex. <laughs> hey, Alex. <laughs> Uh, what happened to Eddie Willers, by the way? I loved Eddie Willers because it was like, there was really, he had not a lot going on the whole book, and then it's like, he finally took charge and became awesome as soon as his train was stranded in the middle of the desert and he had no hope of surviving. Oh, wait till the party means you run out of cake, man. There was only so much heroism left First, we need to summarize this book. So, Chris. Yes. It is your task today to summarize the final portion of Atlas Shrugged in the style of a propaganda newspaper story. <laughs> okay. Um, extra, extra, read all about it. This book to bore everybody, but finally end. I swear, there's an ending at the end of this book. Something happens, and everything's going to be fine. Everybody, everything's going to be fine. All the good guys die, all the bad guys win. 
oh wait, did I get that flipped around? Yeah, all the good guys win and all the bad guys die. Common people, you are rescued before things get really, really bad. There's a two and a half hour long radio interruption speech. Greetings, fellow individuals. Please pardon my interruption. For years you've been asking, who is John Galt? Well, this is John Galt speaking. The man who loves screen doors. People, in this day and age, we cannot afford to seal ourselves off from the world, but we can yet not afford to allow anything so easily into our lives, like insects, insects which bring disease, insects which seek just to leech off of our good standing. And so, before you lay yourselves down to sleep tonight, make sure your doors are open, but your screen doors are firmly locked. This has been John Galt. What was that? Uh, something about screen doors? I, I, I don't understand. I don't... How did, they, how did they interrupt our podcast? And also... No, guys, starting a revolution now. It makes sense. What? Yeah. You'll destroy our entire economy of doors. Look, Moocher, screen <laughs> doors time has come, all right? I've been brainwashed effectively by that long speech. So now uh, we can come back to talking about the ending, but first, we need a major compliment from everybody. Colleen, as a guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment round? I'll go last. All right. I think it is my turn to go first, then. Sounds good. So my favorite thing from all four sections of this book, I think, was I love offensive, outdated language, and she totally has a lot of it. I especially like her use of the words gay and savage. (laughs) That was nice. They're a little different. Like it, she was actually saying, "gay" before it was it was not okay to say, but "savage" she was saying before people realized that it was offensive. So I've got the brain of a seventh grade boy. So like I was giggling every time there was gaiety at a party. <laughs> party was hella gay. Yeah, the party was so gay. It was great. And then I also loved uh, I also loved the way they keep talking about savages anytime somebody isn't white, especially in the John Galt speech. You know, for years you've been asking, "Who is John Galt?" Well, this is John Galt. Yes, that's right. I'm the man who loves cephalopods. There's something about the way an octopus looks at you with its squinty eyes and its beak, and you know, you know what it's thinking. It's thinking it wants to wrap its eight arms around you and just give you a big hug with its sucker. Now, of course, Mrs. Galt doesn't care very much for all the octopuses in the basement, but you know how women are. Thanks. Wow, okay, uh... Jeez, another interruption. Okay, uh... How's that happening? I, I, don't, I don't know. Some sophisticated technology based on a desert mirage might be able to do this. Yeah, like, I guess, I guess maybe. Session. No, it's impossible. <laughs> Coming up second in our compliments, Chris, what do you have? I love it when main characters really appear to be tired of themselves. Uh, and there was a great quote that, you know, at the end of the book, Dagny's talking to her workers, just trying to trying to go on even though the world sucks. And she goes... She called a meeting of the terminal track laborers for the alleged purpose of boosting their morale. She had held the meeting twice to face all the men in turn. She'd repeated the same unintelligible speech, feeling a stab of shame at the empty generalities she uttered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's how I feel about the book. Thank you for putting it into words. (laughs) Hey, I got a compliment. 
Good, go for it. I got a really nice mental image from one of these things. Uh, I'll like to share it. He was left as the passively ravaged victim of a battle between a robot and a dictaphone. <laughs> how did I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, this is often how I feel in, in life. Like I've been sexually abused by a robot and a dictaphone that have been fighting over my body. It's awesome because like robots sound like the future and dictaphones sound like the 50s. <laughs> so it's a great battle of, like, <laughs> of new and old technology. It was like, and then this laser fought against a uh, branding iron. <laughs> a steam locomotive fought against the internet. <laughs> yes, I love this battle. It's King James II versus President LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> or a, a King Arthur versus the director of that movie about a kid in King Arthur's court. <laughs> Man, that movie didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> his final battle he, he like used the laser of the cd player to defeat someone like lasers don't just like shoot at people if you like have the, the cover open that's not how cd players work mine do really <laughs> yeah, you i that, kill Colleen. so many people that way <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I believe that that wraps us uh over to colleen colleen your major compliment first of all based on the fact that I only read the first 65 pages and then listened to the last three hours of the abridged version of this book Oh, you lucky so, bitch. <laughs> That's an awesome way to do the <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I missed a lot of the middle part, which made this one line that the guy said super funny to me. And then I looked it up and realized that there was actually more context to it. I think it was Reardon got all of his accounts tied up and like couldn't use them. Right. There was this line where he was like, well, I don't even care. Because like, he thought back to his safe at home where we ha- he had a bar of solid gold from a gold-haired pirate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was still funny. <laughs> okay, good. Then, you know, his mom and his whoever Philip is were all upset about him not having any money. And he was like, haven't you seen the infomercials for Cash for Gold? <laughs> there is, speaking of Hank Reardon and taking lines out of context, how about the time when he saves the wet nurse, kind of? That part confused me. <laughs> so the wet nurse is like this government assistant that wants to wants to be good and wants to be like Hank Reardon. So like there's a riot at his place and he, he sees the wet nurse like had been thrown down a quarry. So he goes down to the quarry and like wet nurse has been shot a couple Shot times. and dropped to the bottom of a canyon. <laughs> and then like he like picks him up and is starting to like carry him up and he like kisses him on the forehead. On the forehead. <laughs> and then the wet nurse like lifts his head up like, what, did you just kiss me? And Hank Reardon goes... Put your head down and I'll do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really, can we just do the greatest hits of the sexual moments? Because they're actually a lot. Of course we can. Well, first, real quick, can we verify what a wet nurse is? I know what it usually is. Because I thought it was when a nurse breastfed for someone who had just had a baby and didn't want to do it themselves. Yeah, that is usually what that is. And this is a man working in the government. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all kinds of questions happening in my head right now no what what he was originally doing was he was working for the government to regulate the output of the steel mill you know i think it was the wet nurse for the government you know so that the government could continue to suck off the teat of hank <laughs> of rude steel i get so it. when steel is milk in this scenario steel <laughs> is milk i can see how that's confusing 
Who's the baby? <laughs> the government and all you fucking moochers. <laughs> and and where's the teat? The teat <laughs> is somewhere outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> well, the teat is on the wet nurse. The wet nurse is like the nip. Okay, so what's his areola? His his hands and feet. <laughs> what, what about a breast pump? That was the shotgun he got shot with. <laughs> pump action, man. Double barrel. <laughs> Nice. really awesome at this. Cool. Did that. Some more sexual things, right? Yeah, right. Anne Ryan's greatest sexual hits right here. <laughs> You're listening to K. Anne Rand's sexual hits. <laughs> no, all the greatest sexual hits all the time. <laughs> this brought up actually one of the big questions I have in sex usually. <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, this is this is a <laughs> this is John Paul. Okay, so yeah, it was um Who Pays for the Orgy? Oh, I was just going to use that one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, right? So uh, this actually is a great question, though. Who does pay for an orgy? Yeah. I mean, usually I would assume that it's the... uh, Uggos. It's Uggos. (laughs) They pay for orgies. No, I think it's probably like any bar. It's like women get in free, but the men have to pay. Hold on a second. What about a gay orgy, then? Well, the problem with that is there's no problem at all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe the thing is that everyone kind of pays for the orgy a little bit, you know? Like, whether it's, like, uh, cleanup costs or um, pregnancy or STDs or, you know, addiction to needing more. <laughs> more orgies. Really, it's the community that's up. <laughs> I just need a little orgy to get me through a Sunday. Come on, man. Just takes one and then you're hooked. Yeah, right? The first orgy's free, but then... <laughs> Awesome. All right. Um, so the other thing we got to do right now is uh, we have to start out with our normal segment of uh, hate Yahtzee. So uh, the way hate Yahtzee works is everyone's written down a few of the things they think are the worst parts of this book, and they have to try to cross off all of the different hate moves and hate combinations that <laughs> Yahtzee sh- has. Shake, shake up their hates in the hate cup and then roll them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll start it off. This is going to be my uh, my small straight. I hate that she's uh, arguing against a world that doesn't exist. If, for example, Ryan has this great quote in the middle uh, of uh, John Galt's really long speech. Oh, damn it. For years, you have been asking, who is John Galt? This is John Galt speaking. The man who loves throw pillows. They really tie a room together, and they make it a comfortable living space. Throw pillows and votive candles. The dust ruffle of the living room. Yeah, that's weird. What is with this interruption shit? John I mean, Galt. Seriously, man. I, that's why everyone wants to know who John Galt is because he's the man of a thousand voices. He's like the ultimate prank caller. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, sorry. So so in the middle of that speech, John John has this quote where he says, "Walk into any college cra- classroom and you will hear professors teaching your children that man can be certain of nothing, that his consciousness has no validity whatsoever." And I remember going to college, so I totally understand where he's coming from, at least. Like, I remember my class, uh, my pottery class, where they just kept saying that over and over and over again while I was trying to fire <laughs> another cup in the kiln. <laughs> I really took took my senior year off. I was I just had a half credit for tennis and nihilism. You don't have to ever return the ball because the ball isn't there. <laughs> Man, my freshman year, I took, uh, I took chemistry lab of uncertainty, and that totally worked out. We all got, eh. 
interestingly enough, psychology was just as concrete as it was. <laughs> we don't know if we're a science or not. <laughs> yeah, who else has a hate Yahtzee option? Yeah, I'll go. So Ayn Rand hates fence sitters and sandwiches. <laughs> she says... There are two sides to every issue. One side is right and the other is wrong, but the middle is always evil. And I say to that, what about grilled cheese? That is fucking delicious. <laughs> and the middle is especially nice. Yeah. yeah that's where exactly. the cheese goes. Uh, yeah, right. Otherwise, just be grilled. That's not a sandwich. <laughs> that's toast. And toast is good, but it does not a sandwich make. Yeah, does she hate double stuff Oreos also for the double stuff? <laughs> oh, man. She hates double stuff doubly so. um uh, chris i'm gonna give you a three of a kind for that sixes nice who else has a worse thing i'll roll my chance (laughs) you're gonna start by calling it your chance (laughs) yeah shouldn't you try first and if it doesn't work call it a chance all right fine i'm gonna go for um gonna go for ones then (laughs) (laughs) you might not be very competitive ezra have you ever thought that (laughs) all right i was gonna say yahtzee is not a real game all right It's like Bunko. What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, Bunko. All right. All right. Roll for your ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say that the worst thing about this is if someone talked on the radio for three hours, you'd just turn off the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are other channels still, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. So, Colleen, I assume that in your abridged version, your three hours was not two and a half hours of radio address. Uh, it was more like one hour. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, one of my insults was definitely that John Galt clearly does not understand that. Who is John Galt is just a rhetorical question. <laughs> like, no answer necessary. <laughs> So guys, it's my sincere belief that anything bad is is only ever one change away from being awesome. So uh, we just had to figure out what the one change is for Atlas Shrugged that would make it kick ass. Past suggestions have been zombies, dinosaurs, Edward James almost. <laughs> you know, just just really, uh, what what would it do for you to enjoy have enjoyed this? Yeah, I actually thought of one during the entire speech. The... Really... <laughs> oh no, it's happening again. For years, you have been asking who is John Gold. This is John Galt speaking, the man who loves to eat babies. Mmm, babies. Babies can be prepared in so many delicious ways. You can barbecue them, boil them, broil them, bake them, saute them. There's uh, baby kebabs, baby creole, baby gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple baby, lemon baby, coconut baby, pepper baby. Baby soup, baby stew, baby salad, baby and potatoes, baby burger, baby sandwich. That, uh, that's about it. John, <laughs> what the fuck, John? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I have a little podcast here. Why? What's the? <laughs> I love this. I love that. My name's John. Braggy, braggy, braggy. I actually liked that one because it was sort of in the style of the rest of the book where he just listed a bunch of shit that didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. All right, thanks, John. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead, Colleen. Yeah, so John Galt keeps talking about, like, arriving at contradictions is to confess an error in one's thinking and, like, to maintain a contradiction is to abdicate one's mind and 
A is A, whatever. He kept saying things like that. I really wanted this book to just end in, like, one of those stories where they, like, some person wakes up at the end and was like, it was all a dream. <laughs> at, like, the end of, like, the 1,500 pages. <laughs> and if, like, I had read all of that and then gone to that at the end, I, I mean, either would have killed myself or not <laughs> the best thing ever. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Film this book with the cast and the set of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that Ayn Rand is probably Marianne. And she's trying really hard to build a coconut railroad. <laughs> <laughs> and Hank Reardon is Gilligan. And he's really good at making palm tree hats. And <laughs> she needs the palm tree hats to make her coconut. I just think it'd be awesome. Like John Galt's professor. And he's able to make a coconut radio. And Skipper is Jim Taggart. And he's a rapist. <laughs> All right. I, I guess, so for my, my one change... I would like this book to be crossed with the the diary of that girl who was in the Donner Party. Anne Frank? Mm, no. <laughs> that would be Anne Donner, I guess. <laughs> no, so I want them, they all go up into the Rocky Mountains, and then like the first year where they decide to live there year-round, it snows way more than they expect, and they have to eat each other. <laughs> now, like, they run out of power, like, they have no food, and then the generator collapses, and then they get really hungry, and then, like... All of a sudden, one of the dogs disappears, and everybody gets angry because you know maybe John Galt looks a little more full than the other ones. And like, what happened to Fluffy, John? Why don't you look as hungry anymore? And then everyone <laughs> starts to freak out. This doesn't really sound anything like the book. It sounds like you just want to read the Donner Party story and have Atlas shrugged character names, <laughs> <laughs> or play Oregon Trail and name people after characters and give them all dysentery. Yeah, <laughs> Dagny fell in the water and drowned. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're going at a grueling pace. Uh-oh. Lillian wandered <laughs> off into the forest. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's just pause for two hours and hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I bought 99 boxes of bullets. <laughs> I don't even need to bring clothes. I'll trade for all the meat I gather. You have 1,000 pounds of meat. You can carry 50. <laughs> oh, God. How fun is that game? <laughs> Hey, so um, my one change would be um, to just do the whole thing word for word, but make it a, a movie and have it be um, acted out by the VeggieTales characters. <laughs> so it could be vaguely about Christ. Yeah, <laughs> like Christian undertones. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, wouldn't it be great, though? Like, see, like, Dagny Cucumber and, like, Hank Tomato. Get their rape on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making baby salads and stuff. <laughs> Broccoli, celery. Gotta be... Lima hey, also, we got, we got some more ridiculous technology in this section, some more stupid sci-fi crap, where uh, if you kick down John Galt's door without his permission, all of the electronics in his house instantly turn to dust. Uh, this is a really good case why if John Galt ever went to prison, uh, he would not be able to be raped. <laughs> turn his rapist into dust no if you try to kick turn down his, his asshole into dust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just turns into dust thanks chris but how's that how's that for a fail safe though yeah but it's kind of like when a honeybee stings you it can no longer sting anymore after <laughs> your asshole turns to dust you're gonna like die yeah there are some issues 
<laughs> yeah, there's some kinks in the system. But like maybe John Gall was a kid, like a bully tried to like beat him up and like steal his his, his lunch. His like lunch would just turn to dust. <laughs> it's like we're now we're both hungry. You've learned your lesson. <laughs> Damn it, my handy snack. Uh, it was peanut butter this time. <laughs> now it's now it's yeah, ashes. Those were way better than the cheese ones. Weren't uh, they? Huh? Yeah. Anne Rand would hate all of those because they're sandwich like. <laughs> she would. Oh, but you can do like an open face thing with that. Yeah, you can you make them yourself, dude. She'd love it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you could you could outcompete my lunch. I made a better sandwich out of my lunchables than you did yours. Dagny's like putting together like a edible train lunchable. <laughs> oh, man, car after car of deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put the caboose in the middle because I'm crazy. <laughs> the caboose is made of a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a kabuki. Oh. That's like, oh. have you ever been to BJ's, that restaurant where they have the cookies with the ice cream? Oh, I've been to BJ's. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> it could work. I'm a child. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really want to hear about this dessert. Shut up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I started trailing out because I realized I don't actually know what it's called, but it's like, is this bazooki or something? What? What is it? Yeah. Delicious cookie with a bunch of ice cream on top. Ah. So it's like an open face. Pizuki. Pizuki? Wait, so why is it called Pizuki? Is like pizza cookie? Is that what they're going for, or is it? Sure. Yeah, it's. Okay, you're you're never too old to enjoy our freshly baked, hot out of the oven, rich and delicious cookie topped with two scoops of vanilla bean ice cream and served in its own deep dish. I like someone else's deep dish instead of its own. Deep dish. <laughs> <laughs> served in the middle of somebody else's pizza. <laughs> Pizuki, the the dish that ruins someone else's pizza. <laughs> Your pizuki served on top of the head of the person in front of you. Aww. <laughs> Where is this? I want to. I want to go there. Is that BJ's? What is BJ's? Chris knows it's where it like is. It's like a pizza place. I don't know if they're still in Portland. They were for a while. I bet if I just do a search for BJ's in Portland, I'm sure I'll find something good. <laughs> Craigslist is the first place to look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if if I my Google is broken, but it showed me nothing but pizza places. I found BJ's Wholesale Club um, yeah, for I cheap BJ's, I guess. <laughs> wholesale BJ's? <laughs> yeah. I, I actually my favorite part of the BJ's menu so far is BJ's curbside. <laughs> <laughs> it's for your takeout BJ needs. I have a lot of those. <laughs> I'm gonna give somebody a gift card for BJ's. I think they could use that. Well, can that somebody be me? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you zone out or did you realize that BJ sounds like a sex thing? No, I just want a Pazuki and a BJ. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the opposite of reading uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, right. I think if there's anyone that deserves a a BJ and Pazuki, I think it's us. (laughs) Hey, you guys have to listen to this. The BJ's gold standard of operational excellence. Our promise. Our genuine commitment is to take pride in passionately connecting with every guest on every visit <laughs> through flawless and relentless execution of every detail. Relentless! <laughs> ah! That is also how I like my BJs. <laughs> flawless, flawless and relentless execution of every detail. <laughs> well, if you guys ever have a large party for Rita and Weep, you can get large party takeout. And they... You'd have a large BJs party? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, but guys. But wait, how will we fund it? Yeah, who pays for this? <laughs> who pays for the beach? Who pays for the beach? <laughs>
There is something I do want to talk about, though, about basically having Robert Stadler and Cuffy Meggs blow themselves up with sound by accident. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was basically just like Chekhov's gun, right? If you introduce like a, 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 giant... a, a sound <laughs> gun in the first part of the book, it has to go off by the end. <laughs> well, that was no, that one was so convenient because they were like, this will kill off a, a handful of useless characters and it'll destroy itself so that we don't have to deal with the sound gun in the future. <laughs> yeah. And also destroy America's breadbasket and food producing capabilities. Oh, yeah. Breadbasket yeah. sounds like nuts to me. It's like we kicked America right in the junk. <laughs> breadbasket is your solar plexus. When you get hit in the breadbasket, you just you you can't you uh, lose your bread. Uh-oh. That's the breadbasket. I thought we thought it was like kind of like a if someone had a pot belly, they had a breadbasket. It's <laughs> not true. <laughs> you guys have put a lot of thought into breadbaskets. Well, Colleen, what 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 do you think the breadbasket is? I don't know. I just keep thinking it's somehow related to the wet nurse again. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe his nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I say because we got two votes for nuts. I think nuts wins. Colleen, let's go out for a celebratory pazuki. Pa- pa- pazuki. Yeah. Hold on a sec. I don't actually know what this is, but it says an enlarged and muscular sac-like organ of the alimentary canal, the principal organ of digestion. Um. So wait, that's your stomach. It's a thing. Yeah, your stomach is your bread basket, dude. Because that's where you keep your bread. Yeah, and it's like a basket. Yeah, but you could be just saying that. How do I know? Well, you there's can look no it up certainty, also. Ezra. There's only there's only yeah. relative. <laughs> I just googled bread basket, and I'm getting a lot of pictures of actual baskets. Look up bread basket <laughs> and body. Um, okay, it is slang for the stomach, but its technical term is a basket for serving bread. <laughs> <laughs> We need to compliment it out, I think. Perfect. Uh, compliments right. in order. Colleen, you are first. Okay, here's a compliment that we kind of touched on, but pretty much this book was super boring, and <laughs> Anne Rind at least had <laughs> the decency to end the book with exciting things like torture and people killing each other. Even though she still made it sound really boring, it was yes. slightly less boring than the boring things she talked about that she made sound boring as well. <laughs> so thank you. She was making murder boring instead of making train planning boring. <laughs> Not as unboring as if it had been like, this was all a dream, surprise. But... <laughs> They're all vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> a close second. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I think it's me. Ezra. Yeah, Ezra, that makes your turn. Another quote that I liked a lot, actually. It, she gave me one more really great image. Uh, it's something to strive for, actually. So, um... Their non-material, non-profit worlds are realms where rivers run with milk and coffee, where wine spurts from rocks at their command, where pastry drops on them from clouds at the price of opening their mouth. How awesome would this be? Oh my god, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Wait, sounds like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Isn't yeah, there... right? So she's saying Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs doesn't exist, and it totally does, so she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Cloudy with a Chance of Breakfast. That's what it is. <laughs> All you had to do is look at the sky and open your mouth, and then there would be a pizuki inside of it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess the, the risk here is with the bazooki thing if you open your mouth uh, a bj might fall into it also so <laughs> it's like that's the world you get one or the other but flip a coin and you don't know what's going to happen i'd tap that as long as i'm not <laughs> having to pay for the bazooki it's worth it yeah <laughs> all right chris it's your turn compliment us yeah so my minor compliment is really more about my life than anything else um, so john galt his big speech he spends a for years, you have been asking, who is John Galt? This is John Galt speaking. 
the man who loves milkshakes. I drink them up, even if they belong to someone else. For example, now, if you have a milkshake and I have a straw, there, there it is. You, you can't see it, but I have my finger up like the straw. And my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. Well, at least that that was, that was kind of the, that, that might have been the best one so far. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, so in his big speech by the guy you just heard from, he talks a lot about rationality and how much he loves rationality and the life of the mind and thinking. And I guess that I appreciate that Ayn Rand is trying really hard to make me want to apply to grad school. Really? <laughs> That's all. all <laughs> it's right. like, yeah, I should probably read more. That's <laughs> All right, it's time for my final compliment, and uh, at risk of bringing on another interruption, in that the speech where he interrupts is really the best. Oh, for years, you have been asking, who is John Galt? Oh, yes, yeah, I would love one, thank you. This, mm, mm, this is John Galt speaking. The man who loves, what is that? Oh, is that a cream? Mm, delicious. Mm. Loves, I am the man who uh, does not sacrifice his love. Mm, oh, it's like a, it's like a circus in my. Mm, co- mm. Oh, fudge! More fudge! More fudge! Ah, oh, dude, we're almost done. Just let us finish. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of it, though, is that the whole thing is really kind of Batman's supervillain to take over all of the TV channels at the same time, right at the time the president was about to make a speech. Yeah. It's just that, I mean, he fucks it up because he talks forever about dumb philosophy instead of, like, but at the end, all he had to say was, and also I've poisoned the water supply. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Why so socialist? <laughs> <laughs> so much everybody for joining us this has been read and weep episode number 41 join us again next week um oh oh because we're at the end of the book it's time for us to do a, a brief digression into the calendar so here are the great things you can expect from us coming up soon probably subject to change <laughs> so uh next week uh we're, now that we are finally done with atlas shrugged we are going yeah, oh, yeah! celebrate yes! we're gonna throw a wicked cool party we're going to watch uh, an orgy of Keanu Reeves movies. This is going to be the first time where we're actually doing a subject that we are intending to like from beginning to end. So next week is the Keanu Reeves Film Festival. Um, we haven't picked exactly the three films we're going to watch, but I'm assuming uh, the Lake House will be in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to watch it. We're going to watch. Se- it's also going to be a, our, our, our first set of mini episodes. So we're going to cram them all into one episode. It should be great. So check that out next week. And then after that, uh, just a quick glance at the calendar. We're probably going to read the second Lauren Conrad L.A. Candy book because uh, we're idiots. And then after that, it's time for Sex in the City 1 and 2, and then we're straight on into Eclipse. And uh, then it's Twilight for a month. So uh, definitely check out, out all of that great stuff coming up soon. 
on Read It and Weep. Thank you so much, Chris and Ezra, for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. And very special uh, thank you to our guest, Colleen. Anytime. Awesome. Uh, do you want to remind people to, to read your blog about run, running and poop? <laughs> yes, running and pooping about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so true. Yeah, it can be found at uhb-etc.blogspot.com. And uh, and that's a uh, not a professional comedy blog, but an actual blog about you and your life of running and blogging about it. And it is uh, wonderfully dry and sarcastic. So do check that out. Uh, that's it for us. We will see you again next week. Thank you. We are out of here. Bye.